Lacrimae Musarum, 6th of October, 1892, by William Watson. From The World's Best Poetry, Volume 7, Descriptive and Narrative, Part 1. Read for LibriVox.org by Adrian Stevens. Lacrimae Musarum, 6th of October, 1892. Lo, like another's lies the laurelled head, the life that seemed a perfect song is o'er. Carry the last great bard to his last bed. Land that he loved, thy noblest voice is mute. Land that he loved, that loved him, nevermore. Meadow of thine smooth lawn or wild seashore. Gardens of odorous bloom and tremulous fruit. Or woodlands old, like druid couches spread. The master's feet shall tread. Death's little rift hath rent the faultless lute, The singer of undying songs is dead. Lo, in this season, pensive-hued and grave, While fades and falls the doomed reluctant leaf From withered earth's fantastic coronal, With wandering sighs of forest and of wave, Mingles the murmur of a people's grief For him whose leaf shall fade not either fall, he hath fared forth beyond these suns and showers, for us the autumn glow, the autumn flame, and soon the winter silent shall be ours, him the eternal spring of fadeless fame crowns with no mortal flowers. Wrapped though he be from us, Virgil salutes him, and Theocritus, Catullus, mightiest-brained Lucretius, each greets him their brother on the Stygian beach. Proudly a gaunt right hand doth Dante reach, Milton and Wordsworth bid him welcome home, bright Keats to touch his raiment doth beseech, Coleridge, his locks aspersed with fairy foam, calm Spencer, Chaucer, suave, his equal friendship crave, and godlike spirits hail him guest in speech of Athens, Florence, Weimar, Stratford, Rome. What needs his laurel, our ephemeral tears, to save from visitation of decay? Not in his temporal sunlight, now, that bay, blooms nor to perishable mundane ears, sings he with lips of transitory clay, for he hath joined the chorus of his peers in habitations of the perfect day, his earthly notes a heavenly audience hears, and more melodious are henceforth the spheres, enriched with music stolen from earth away. He hath returned to regions whence he came, him doth the spirit divine of universal loveliness reclaim, all nature is his shrine, seek him henceforth in the wind and sea, in earth's and air's emotion or repose, in every star's august serenity, and in the rapture of the flaming rose. There seek him, if you would not seek in vain, there, in the rhythm and music of the whole, yea, and forever in the human soul, made stronger and more beauteous by his strain. For lo, creation's self is one great choir, and what is nature's order but the rhyme, whereto the worlds keep time, and all things move with all things from their prime, 
Who shall expound the mystery of the lyre? In far retreats of elemental mind obscurely comes and goes the imperative breath of song that, as the wind, is trackless and oblivious whence it blows. Demand of lilies, wherefore they are white, extort her crimson secret from the rose, but ask not of the muse that she disclose the meaning of the riddle of her might. Somewhat of all things sealed and recondite, save the enigma of herself she knows. The master could not tell with all his lore wherefore he sang or whence the mandate sped, even as the linnet sings, so I, he said, ah, rather as the imperial nightingale that held in trance the ancient attic shore and charms the ages with the notes that o'er all woodland chants immortally prevail. And now, from our vain plaudits greatly fled, he with diviner silence dwells instead, and on no earthly sea with transient roar unto no earthly airs he trims his sail, but far beyond our vision and our hail is heard forever and is seen no more. No more, O oh, never now, Lord of the lofty and the tranquil brow, whereon nor snows of time have fallen, nor wintry rhyme, shall men behold thee, sage and mage sublime. Once in his youth obscure, the maker of this verse which shall endure, by splendour of its theme that cannot die, beheld thee, eye to eye, and touched through thee the hand of every hero of thy race divine, even to the sire of all the laurelled line, the sightless wanderer on the Ionian strand, with soul as healthful as the poignant brine, wide as his skies and radiant as his seas, starry from haunts of his familiars nine, glorious Myonides. Yet I beheld thee, and behold thee yet, thou hast forgotten, but can I forget, the accents of thy pure and sovereign tongue, are they not ever goldenly impressed on memory's palimpsest? I see the wizard locks like night that hung, I tread the floor thy hallowing feet have trod, I see the hands a nation's lyre that strung, the eyes that looked through life and gazed on God. The seasons change, the winds they shift and veer, the grass of yesteryear is dead, the birds depart, the groves decay, empires dissolve and peoples disappear, song passes not away, captains and conquerors leave a little dust, and kings a dubious legend of their reign, the swords of Caesars, they are less than rust, the poet doth remain. Dead is Augustus, Marrow is live, and thou, the Mantuan of our age and clime, like Virgil, shalt thy race and tongue survive, bequeathing no less honeyed words to time, embalmed in amber of eternal rhyme, and rich with sweets from every muse's hive, while to the measure of the cosmic rune, for purer ears thou shalt thy lyre attune, and heed no more the hum of idle praise, in that great calm our tumults cannot reach, master who crownst our immelodious days with flower 
of perfect speech. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.